Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Hello, everyone. I know you've been waiting for a very long time to be involved with all of the amazing things that we're doing at Rare Drop, and now is the time. We are introducing the Rare Drop Patreon, so if you've ever wanted to get involved with experimental content or being at any of our podcasts early to listen in, well, all of that is available in the new Rare Drop Patreon. Check it out. Hey all, Kevin here. Quick disclaimer, this is episode 33, not episode 34. We did take a week off, uh, so this is indeed episode 33, despite us saying 34 over and over again, because our calendars for work say 34, but it's 33, but we'll get that fixed. Paul, enjoy the show. (sighs) Idiot. Welcome to uh, Star Wars and Scotch, episode 34. Is it 34? 34 sounds right to me, Kevin. Okay, episode 34. Sorry about missing last week. That's on me. I had to go take care of my family. My kids and my wife needed me more than you did, so. It's okay. I held it down. Sorry. (laughs) Tim, (laughs) did you do the show solo, Tim? (laughs) I did. We had lightsaber (laughs) fights. Um... Except he forgot to hit record, so yeah, you'll yeah, never. Sorry about that. It but was there was like one dude lost his arm. There was a bunch of Yinglings that were killed. Um, it was wild, dude. Tim just killed Yinglings and jumped around his his office shirtless with his well, lightsaber. We had, we had there was a big sandbox, Kevin. And everybody had a great time. They got sand everywhere. Like the uh, the the Star Wars kid. Oh, wait, the one when, when he's using the broom and he's just Yeah, like, that was you in yeah, your office last week that was when me. you forgot to hit record. Yeah. <laughs> Making the sound effect. Pew, pew. <laughs> anyway, welcome to episode 34 of uh, Star Wars and Scotch, brought to you by Kings Coast Coffee, kingscoastcoffee.com. The Heartbreak Reserve is out today, and there's not a lot left, I'll tell you that much. Really? Yeah, they bought more than they bought the entirety of the month last year already. Oh, crap. So if you want, go get. Oh, I didn't put my reading glasses on. That is the oldest thing I have ever said in my life. Oh, well. That was, oh, man. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I have my looking glasses, not my reading glasses. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll be the Star Wars. And Sc- that'll be the Patreon-only episode. Back in January, what, we- Tim recorded an episode <laughs> of Star Wars and Scotch. <laughs> oh, Kevin's not here. <laughs> I have the high ground. <laughs> I hate doing, you when you're like jumping back and forth. doing a backflip off my desk. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that mental image. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us again. Brought to you by KingsCoastCoffee.com. Um, nice. We're going to talk tonight about the Light of the Jedi book. Tim and I finished it last week. Uh, I think it's a great, great read. I think it was a very good introduction. The thing with this was there was a ton to take in um, because this the universe is familiar. The setting and the and the people aside from Yoda is completely all new to us. Yeah. So we understand the dynamics of the the solar system, but even the Jedi are different than the Jedi we know. Uh, So 
there's a lot to take in while reading this book. We're introduced to new villains who we'll talk about. Um, I got to say, the Nihil at first, I was like, all right, they're cool. But by the end, I was like, okay, I like the Nihil now. No, the Nihil is just like Star Wars meets Mad Max. Yes, yes. And I love everything about it. Like, they, they, they do drugs, and they get high, and they ride the storm, and that shit was ride wild. The, storm. the The book off the rip is dark af um a lot of people die which i was like it's not just like an alderon kind of debt everybody dies it's like a couple systems worth of billions of people dead um nuts dude like just like i was i've honestly like through the entirety of this book i'm surprised on how many people died that was that was so jarring for me as a star wars fan Hmm. it was very interesting because they went to um I mean, we you figured out who it was pretty early, but they they treated it in the beginning as if it was anomalies created by natural disasters, which to yeah, me was they, a place Star Wars has never really gone. Are we doing spoilers? Are we like is like we're is talking like, about the book tonight? Okay, just want to make sure the new okay. book comes out tomorrow. We're going all in tonight. Yeah. So, um, them them using the like this this is really cool. Them turning a a, a frigate. Um, this tra- this large person transporter into a a uh, 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 accidental weapon. I was say it was an accident. It was an accident, but they turned it into a weapon. Like, it, and it wasn't, and it wasn't even something that the Night Hill did on purpose. Um, and and I think this is cool. Is we started to expand on like the really cool stuff within the Star Wars universe, like hyperspace. Like, we don't know much about hyperspace. It's always like it always felt like it was a wormhole from like Deep Space Nine. Like that was always how I imagined like a uh, uh, a hyperspace lane is kind of like a wormhole. The um, link back to the Santecas there was so interesting. I and I don't know if that was available knowledge before High Republic. I didn't know that the yeah. Santecas were literally the one who ones well, we don't, who we charted really hyperspace. Know, we didn't really know much. Well, I, okay, we didn't really know anything about the Santeca until um, Lord Santeca shows up in Episode Seven. Force Awakens, yeah. Um. Shall always be royalty to me. It should always be the and like so like we like this was kind of cool to give them a backstory and it makes sense why Santeca and Leia like they know each other because I would assume it, it it dates back farther and farther to their ties to Naboo, right? Um, right. So I thought that was I thought that was cool to give and give they, the Santecas more even though they meat. hid their d- dark secret from them. They still seem to be allies of the Republic, through and through. Well, the dark. Well, so the dark secret was that was was the uh, them knowing Grandma, ab- them <laughs> yeah, like them knowing about the the non traditional hyperspace hyperspace lanes. So like everyone everyone always assumes that it's like a point A to point B in a like a, almost a lateral line, but they're able to transverse these. These not like these like apparently like dirt roads to hyperspace lanes. So question. Was Mari Santeca the one who charted all of hyperspace? I don't so that I don't know. That that I don't know. I'm also trying to figure out if she is the equivalent to a Chiss um navigator, like someone with second sight. Um, because like, that's, that's how I saw that a lot of the time is like, oh wow, she's like, she reminds me of someone who's a part of like the navigator guild. Um, because they taught, they actually talk a lot about that in, you, you haven't read the book, so you wouldn't know. You can talk um, about so, it. Fine. So in, um, in the, uh, the ascendancy books, they talk a lot about the navigator guild and they, they talk more about people who can navigate the uh the chaos and so like the way that she is like hooked up to a nav computer and like interacting with it at a like at a at a human psyche level is like very very familiar to how the navigator pilots or the navigator guild members are able to navigate frigates and stuff around the chaos is that that same way where they kind of like almost connect in with it or like they're using like a a force sensitivity or something like that to to be able to navigate because like you can't do it through normal controls um, so I thought that was really interesting, and it felt like there was like an interesting tie back there. So you think there'll be a connection down the road between? I, I think it. I think what they're doing is they're just like they're they're diving deeper into the stuff that they're building. Their description so, of hyperspace was wild. 
it's it's a very different hyperspace than we've we've seen in other like in previous Star Wars movies and shows and books. It's essentially your own contained universe that gets you from point A to point B. Yeah, you you essentially I mean it's essentially like how like a wormhole works. Like you're you're taking yourself out of like it's like a in, well it's so like they always make it seem like it's it's a long a long trip, right? Right. But the but the way that they explain it in this book it was almost like you, yeah, you like you you're in a time bubble and you've removed yourself from like time and space to move across to get to the next point, which like I always assume, I always thought that's how a wormhole worked. Um, like because you're like you're shortening space to get into get to it get to a point, um, like a like a piece of paper you're folding it in, um, and it's like that's like so that's different from how I've always perceived hyperspace. Like I always thought it was just like you're going really really effing fast, mm-hmm. and that's why the the blue like the blue tubes and stuff are always there, because mm-hmm. um, it's just like a way for them to like just show that they're going like at hyperspeed. But it's it seems to be a lot more than that. Which I think is really cool. They're really getting into the nitty gritty, like nerdy stuff. Um. Oh, that makes so much more. Oh, sense. I have a question. I have a question for you. What was the what was the thing in the beginning of the book that tied into Nice Little Republic? Because I missed Bacta. that. Oh, that was it. Bacta has been around in Legends lore since before. They even cataloged what was going on in a galaxy far, far away. So, but, but, but back to, to them is something that's brand, brand new. new, which means right there, you've changed like the entire meta of how healing works in, in the old Republic. So if they do uh, explore the old Republic, which we'll talk about that later, because those rumors dropped again in a massive fashion last week, uh, back to is not going to be a thing. Yeah. So I'm curious because that back to was. Think about in an, MMO, in an MMO or even in an action adventure game, Bacta was always your like your stim, your healing agent. Mm-hmm. Like you always use Bacta to heal yourself. Bacta's, Bacta's everywhere when it comes to, to healing in any Star Wars game. Bacta's brand new in in the High Republic. Only yeah, two, no, like three hundred years. They just before. started figuring it out, and they like they started experimenting with Bacta tanks. Which I was like, wait a second, that's all over Star Wars. Like a Bacta tank is like as as normal as a band aid. Yeah. In, in Star Wars, so I, th- I thought that was really cool. Um, but we should ahead. talk about the Jedi stuff because I would I I think the Jedi tech is some of the coolest stuff I think we've ever seen in Star Wars. I appreciated not just, not, how different all of their lightsabers were and and tuned to they them as individuals. Yeah, it's not just your standard like I it, like I always feel like for the longest time Star Wars lightsabers until recently have always felt very generic like. Yeah, like Darth Vader's lightsaber looks a little bit different from from Obi Wan's, and and then like Young Ben's a little bit different from Qui Gon. For the most part, they're they're very similar. There's not a lot of of variance to to lightsabers. And then we get into like Darth Maul, who we saw with like our first like double bladed lightsaber, like a staff lightsaber. And then we got into uh, seeing the the Jedi um, the Jedi guards lightsabers that were like you could hold them a couple different ways and. And that was neat. But this level of configuration when it comes to the hilt of of a lightsaber was really, really interesting to me because everybody's lightsaber just it was described very different from everybody else's. Very different. Also, they use their lightsabers to do things with their, their ships. Okay, so I, I just I want to go back to this. And I, I would love to know at what point do they deviate away from the, do you remember the company that was making the, the Jedi fighters? No. In tech. So they, they talk about it. And I, I for totally, I'm sure someone in chat will know, but I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but the company that ends up making all of the Jedi like fighters and everything. Valkyrie. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. At what point do they, at what point do, do they, 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 they deviate from working with them because this is probably the most like intense machinery I've ever I've ever like heard of in Star Wars when it when it's literally tied to the force wielder like you've never I, I, outside of like a Jedi like like doing like a force push or a grab like on on like on a control but like for like for their weapon systems to be tied to the kyber crystal was so cool and the controls actually light up to whatever the color is of the kyber crystal <laughs> Which I also thought was really, really neat. And was it who was it in Dira or Tiami? 
I can't remember who was on the one planet where they were rescuing the mining family from the mm-hmm. Nihil. Yes, 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 Who yes. piloted one and then used the she force using to the pilot force the other well, one? Because there's like a connection. And, they, and that was another thing that I want to talk about, too, is how like they all like how the force connects to them and then how they also perceive the force is really, really interesting. But yeah, she was able to control both of them because this because the system in that secondary con- uh, fighter pilot, the fighter, is tuned to have force control. That's wild. Like, wh- where did all this tech go? I don't know. I'm sure it they'll just have blows an. Blows my mind. And this is like early on. Like the the galaxy is going through a renaissance at this point. Like they're finding themselves. They're developing. They're becoming better than they were. And so, like, at, at the point at which we meet. The Jedi for the first time in Episode One, like at, like if we're looking at a chronological order, we're looking at the be the 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 beginnings of of the Clone Wars and all that stuff. Like, where did all this tech go? And then, like, why did the Jedi give it all up? Like, yes, they are supposed to be guardians and and not these soldiers, but at the same time, like they also have to be able to defend themselves. And why did they get rid of this this highly sophisticated technology that is that is attuned to the Force wielders? Like, that's wild to me. You want to hear uh, a, a Easter egg? Sure. The design of the vectors was taken from Revenge of the Sith concept art designed by Warren Fu. So it was concept really? art they never used in Revenge of the Sith. Oh, that's cool. That's very, very neat. I love that. Have you seen them? Because they're in the children's the, book and the, the comics. The, the vectors? vectors? No. Here you go. Pop it in your DMs. Um, they're on Wikipedia chat if you want to see what they look like. Uh, they're very cool looking. And oh. Uh, understanding yep. the dynamics of what they can do is they so uh, no i remember when we were looking at the at the the pictures of the of the ships a couple weeks ago we, i remember looking at these and they reminded me a lot of v-wings they're like a small like the, the way even like the way that they're described they 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 sounded like v-wings just a a uh, a lighter um like gutted out version uh which essentially they are they even talk about that they even talk about how the ship is is just like it, its internals and whatnot are very bare minimum, so that the Jedi can feel every little pitch and change of the ship. And I thought that was really cool. They talk a lot about how like just the Jedi are just tuned to everything that they do, and it's not just the the tools that they use, but the people that they interact with. Like these are very very different Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I, I, and that's another thing. I was like, when does the teaching change? Because like the way that they go about behaving and using their abilities, and using their lightsabers, and like how they just like portray themselves, is very, very different. The who is it that I'm still trying to figure out who who Elfrona was the planet it happened on, right? Uh, Elfrona, yeah. Who was the one that flew both of them? Because that was such a cool part. Oh, I don't remember. But yes, that was a very like that was that's as they were as they were trying to rescue that the farmer family from the Nihil. Which that whole uh, scene was interesting. First of all, the accent on some of the family being Scottish threw me for a loop. Oh, um, yo, by the way, chat or you people who are listening. Um, when when Kevin and I did our our, our read through of Light of the Jedi, we did it on an audio tape read by Mark Thompson, and so oh, it's yeah. funny. I can I can tell when he uses some of the same voices that I've heard him using, like Thrawn. Yeah. Um, and then also, yeah, there was a couple a couple like couple voices that he did, or just like, hmm, that's interesting. Why did we go? With that? Wait, did that change? Because like at one point they start out Scottish and then they change. I enjoyed like, when huh. he did Buryaga, and he went from the Wookiee tones to. Oh yeah, Galactic Basic, <laughs> like in the same yeah. sentence, that was fun. Well, that was also that was also really cool. We got our first uh, Wookie Jedi. Well, I mean Padawan, but still. No, he's not the first. Um, no, like in 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 this in 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 yes. this story, yes, like you yes, know, like yes, we, we yes. finally like we really get to see like a like a Woody Je- a Woody a Wookie <laughs> a Woody. We finally get to see a Woody. Uh, we finally get to see like Wookie a more Wookie Jedi. Uh, we got to see the little one that was in like Clone Wars. Um, but he was, that was, that was cool. Like the way that he, and, and again, like the way that he perceives the, the force and how he sees it is very, very different from how Avar Chris feels the force and how she sees it. And it's just like, that is, that is also another really cool thing that we've never, we've never really touched on before. He sees like it how, as an ocean, right? 
He does, yeah. He sees it as like waves and whatnot, and then like Avar Chris sees it as like a music. web, a network. Oh yeah, no, she's well, music. You're right. She, you're right. The song this, of the force. She sees it as music, and then she like th- listens to the, the, the different notes and whatnot. But she actually, her power is interesting because she can like, she ends up create creating like you said a web. She's connecting everybody together when they're like in battle. It's battle meditation. Um, she's gonna be like, I'm I'm terrified to see her like out. In battle, Tim and I were saying before the show, uh, because of the, the the stuff with Elzar Man at first, you're like, okay, they're friends, they grew up together. Oh, oh no, they have they that are cute going to be fucking hard brother sister relationship where they argue, and you know, she's like, oh, he uses the force for unconventional means. Uh, and then by the end of the book, she's like, I want to get drunk and dance with you. And we're <laughs> no, there's there is so much sexual oh tension between those two. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh boy! Yeah, she um she's super powerful, and he's super curious. Yeah, but he also seems to be pretty powerful himself. He does, but he says even he can't pull off the things he wants to use the force for a lot of the time. At one point, yeah, um, which leads me to believe that she's a lot more powerful than him. Yeah. Um, also her station and her position, although it's not based on power, but maybe her just ability to use the force. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I feel like they have an interesting journey ahead of them. The two of them, even though they're like, we won't see each other again. I'm like, yeah, bullshit. <laughs> one of you is going to cause the other one to fall to the dark side. Cause that's the thing is there's no Sith. There's no, you know, there's the dark side. They oh, mentioned it like yeah, twice. Well, so yeah. So there's mention. they mentioned Sith once. They they talk about one of the, the Jedi. Crystal, right? I for, I for, sorry, the the lightsaber crystal, right? The kyber. Crystal. They talk about so so yeah. So we get to listen about the purification of a red kyber crystal again, which I thought was absolutely awesome. She ends up purifying it for fun. Uh, it was nothing more than just a uh, a lesson. She was literally just just doing just doing a, a, a task, and uh, it was a it was a, a red kyber crystal from a Sith spear. Which I thought was really, really cool. Um, Whose spear? And that's, all we, and that's all we heard. Whose spear? Exactly. Yeah, that's also what I'm curious about. Where is, was the okay, spear? We, How did it I, get there? I want to know what a so so we get a light. So we get to hear about a new, uh, I guess, new slash old weapon, a a, a a lightsaber spear, which I'm very, very intrigued by. And then also, where did she get it from? Who did it belong to? <laughs> So that's that's very very interesting to me. I um, thoroughly like the so I'm a and this I guess comes from my love of the old republic. I love Jedi getting curious and going out and searching for answers about how they feel there's more to the force and they can learn more, get more power, become more powerful, yeah, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And that always doesn't lead to good things for that Jedi and I can't wait for the first one. <laughs> <laughs> to go well, off Yoda's, in this series. Well, Yoda's out there doing stuff. Um, oh, you, their description of Yoda was so interesting. He's on. He was on sabbatical, is what they said, which I thought was really interesting. I was like, "What's Yoda doing out by but there by himself?" Huh? They even said that he goes and he like he he's got his own thing going on. He's on the council, but he's, he's on the council, but he wasn't there because he was off doing his own thing. He, he doesn't show up until the very end. Yeah, he comes to Starlight Beacon with a bunch of younglings. Yep, or Padawans, I think. So Starlight Beacon, this is this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't we've this is the first time we hear about this superstructure that's out in the outer rim. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna make it to. Uh... They mu- it must get well. <laughs> so they're making mold. It's not there's not just one. The yeah, whole idea is to have this interconnected deep space network of of these Starlight Beacons. Um, so one, uh, either they all get blown up at some point. Uh, two, they run out of funding. Nah, uh, or that's... three, or three, they get weaponized by the by the Nihil. I'm gonna go with three. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I think Starlight Beacon's gonna like that's gonna get that's gonna get overrun, and it's gonna get turned into a weapon, which will then inadvertently turn into option one, where it just gets blown up. What if it's not the Nihil and it's the other ones that the guy has the vision of at the end? Oh, <laughs> yeah, there's more than one bad guy, which I think is really cool. Um, uh, what the hell? Let's talk about called? that. Let's talk about let's talk about the Nihil. Um, the Drengear. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So the Nine Hill are really interesting. We'll go back and say again, it's like Mad Max, but in the Star Wars universe, which is really cool. Um, and they have a really cool rule, Kevin, which I thought was really interesting. The rule of three, which I thought was really, really neat. Um, so the way that the Nihil work is that they are based off of like a storm setup. Essentially, you have the eye of the storm, which is the leader. And then you have tempests, which are like the, the, the commanders of, of, of the different divisions. And then after the tempest, you have the, you have clouds and then you have strikes. And so strikes are like your grunts. Your clouds are like your sergeants. And then your tempests are the ones that lead those the your sergeants, which I thought was really really cool. Hold on, go back to Starlight Beacon. Somebody sent something in chat. Many oh. years later, in three ABY, Commander Grek of the Rebel Alliance used the station as inspiration for Operation Starlight, a plan to reassemble the Alliance fleet following its fracture after the Battle of Hoth. Where the hell was that? Where the hell is that? Comics. Oh God damn it! <sighs> so it's still there. Dang, they just killed all of the fun that Tim and I were having in our head with well, the Nihil and the Dragon. Okay, so hold Thanks on. Thanks for Operation... ruining our night. Okay, so Operation Starlight was a Rebel Alliance mission, the objective of which was to reassemble the Alliance fleet after it scattered following the Battle of Hoth. Commander Grek of the 4th Division derived the plan's name from the Starlight Beacon, a navigational station that had been constructed in the High Republic era. The operation proved successful as the Alliance fleet reassembled at Solace prior to the Battle of Endor. What? Where did the, when does this show up? Comics. Yeah, but when? Well, where? Which? Star. It's just called Star Wars. Ah, good. It's a comic called <laughs> Star Wars. That narrows it down. It shows up in Star Wars. <laughs> okay, so it's first mentioned in Star Wars two, in Star Wars Episode three, in Star Wars six, eight, and nine. Also shows up in 10 and 11. Holy crap, Kevin. This apparently becomes a very, very strong. I had no idea this. Oh, there was. When did these comics come out? Last year, apparently. Well, now you have the Marvel login. I gave it to you over the weekend. You now can start I have going to read nuts. up on comics. So this is very, very interesting. Just remember, we need to use the company card when we get new comics because it's an expense for the show. Holy crap. Okay. Well, this is very interesting to me. It's just like this was never mentioned. And <laughs> I mean, it's cool that they're wrapping it all together. Add it to the list. It's all right. We learned something new. Apparently, Starlight Beacon continues to stay in operation of some sort. That doesn't mean the Night Hill can't occupy it for a little while. Yeah. Anyway, continue. You were talking about uh, the rule of three. Oh, uh, the rule of three. So we got uh, we got the Eye of the Storm, who is uh, I'm pretty sure inspired by uh, Aldrin from Destiny Two. He looks like Aldrin, uh, description-wise, and maybe chat knows what race he is because you were asking me and I didn't know. But the cadence of his voice is, I don't know, it's so... In the beginning, you're like, okay, this guy's kind of an idiot. But by the end, you're like, okay, he's, he's unstable and I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean... He definitely he definitely plays... So Marsh, Martian plays like the, the scared... Um, like, oh, my daddy's dead. Kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing in the beat. Like, that's the vibe that I get. He feels very unsure of himself or he comes across as being like really unsure. He's letting the Tempest do a, like, he's letting like Kossiv and Lorna D. It seems like he's like letting them just kind of do their thing. And I think he was getting really comfortable. Maybe, or maybe he was just, maybe it's, maybe it's just him just being really comfy with how things have been in the outer rim. But once, once the, um, the emergency started happening. That's when he was like, okay, the Republic's getting involved. The Jedi are here. It's time to like kick it in overdrive. But like, I'm really, I'm really interested as to how he, like, why, why does it feel like he's got some type of like force sensitivity or he has messed with the Jedi in the past? Like there was something at the end of the book where I was like, this doesn't feel right. I have a feeling he has, or his maybe his father has some sort of run-in with the Jedi because he was super cautious about staying away from them. Yeah. And, and he so even goaded Kossif because when Kossif was like, oh, we're going to cut and run, and he was like, I thought you said you wanted to kill one of them for your trophy wall or whatever the line was. Uh, so Martian has, because none of the other, they're called Tempests, the 
Brother Three? No, I'm that's their sure group. Those, I'm pretty sure the 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 like Lorna D and Cosmo and I'm pretty sure those th- Tempest those Runners. The Tempest? Tempest Runners, they're called. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I just looked it up. So the, the yeah, le- leaders are Tempest Runners, and then the Tempest. The Tempest then... Runners knew, like, they knew about the Jedi, but none of them were scared. They didn't care. Right. Martian seemed to have some sort of innate fear of them, which I found interesting versus, you know. Pan Ada seemed a little bit cautious, but Lorna and Kasiv couldn't seem like they could give a shit less. Yeah. Especially Kasiv. What was the race of the planet that Kosiv accidentally blew up the moon? Oh, the ones that were like... They sounded they were, very Mandalorian. They Yeah, they're not, though, because they mentioned Mandalorians. Yes. Um, They mentioned them, and they're like, we haven't... Like, they've been very quiet. We haven't heard of them in a while, uh, which I thought was really interesting. The, the, the race that he pisses off, I was like, man, these guys are cool. Um, I'm sure someone. Will I'm gonna know. I'm gonna look up Kosiv right now on Wikipedia and see if it mentions. Uh, it's not. I didn't pick up Iri- that. Is, Kasev- is it is it Iriadu? Mm. Is it the Iriadans? It's uh, not that one. Duh, duh, duh. Anyways, he ends up holding one of the planets hostage, which I thought was really interesting, and. And it ends up getting one of the emergences and just blowing up one of their moons because he promised that he could save them because they end up learning about where all these things are going to take place. They're a mix of uh, Ubesi. Was that the name of it? Zabriks and Iridonians. So there's it's a Zabrik planet. Oh, (laughs) but they seem they seem a lot more um, Ubesi. Hold on, I got it. Canon. The Ubesi were a sentient species that. No. Oh, you're saying or. Okay. The Ubesi is who Leia pretends to be in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, Artemis, is that the group of people that live on the planet? I know Zabrika from Iridonia or from Dathomir. Uh, is that the group of people or we're not sure? I'm legitimately asking. I'm lost on this. All I remember is thinking, like, these people are badass. No, they were super cool because they talk about how they like they wanted to hunt this guy down. But all they did, all, but it sounded like Mando because they talked about how there was just constant infighting. Yeah, very much so, like Mandalorians, but they're not. But like, I want to, I want to see more of those species that are like just very Mandalorian esque. Did you figure it out? Nope. Oh well. Moving on. Moving on. Anyways, so I I think the Nihil are are I think this is a bad guy that we need in Star Wars, where they're not like they're not crazy force wielders. You know, it isn't the Sith, but these are just these really badass guys. Um, and I I really I really like the Mad Max vibe. I I didn't I didn't know how I was gonna feel about it. But they really dressed it up in a really fun way. Like them, them. T- it wasn't even spice. What was the drug that they were doing? Oh, they, they were, were getting, getting, and they were listening to punk rock, and they were listening to punk rock, and they were riding the way. They were riding the storm, and they'd get get they'd get gassed up on this thing, getting so high. <laughs> but there was like they were they were talked about how like they could only they could only take so much, and if they just kept going, they'd mess up. And there was like one guy who ended up just he just like he kept. He kept taking the thing and then ends up killing himself. Again, this 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 story is dark. They do drugs. They kill themselves. A lot of people die. Can we talk about their base? No space. No space is cool. Super cool. It's just a big floating. It's just a big big. It's like ship. a platform. It's like a big ship that uh, it remind. Every time they they cut to that that part in the book, I always thought of like a big feast table. Um, like very like Scandinavian style, like a, with like torches, like torches and chains yeah, and wood yeah. everywhere. Very dark. That's that's how I always saw that in like you know like big big speakers, and like someone just like jamming out on a guitar. Mad Max. Yeah, very Mad Max style. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. But I then they said even time. space, like the they 
there was all these colors and things out in space by where they were. So it had to be maybe in the chaos or somewhere out there, like really far. Because if they can manipulate hyperspace lanes, they could be literally anywhere. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I just assume that it's there literally was just, called no space, which is so cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, they could, and like it was like suspended. There was like like force fields, right? Because they could just like yeah, walk to the edge and like you, they could see out into space. I and I so got like, the you vibe that it off was the platform. I got the vibe that it was the same technology they use in the the bays of the yeah, ships yeah. in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, <clears> like those little force fields. Epican Epicanthix is the name of the race. Let's look them up. Epicanthics. Found it. The Epicanthus were a warrior species of near humans native to the outer rim in the world of Panatha. Uh, So they were human in appearance, just like the Mandos. Uh, They evolved from a forgotten colonization effort many millennia ago. Oh, that's cool. So they're basically humans, and they just forgot. They were forgotten about. Well, that's and how so they evolved, and, so they, they, and now and they, so have they just society. survived on their own and became their own people. That's so cool. Uh, I love that. That's very neat. That's very cool. Yeah. So that's who. That's who they are. Apparently, there's one of. Huh. Apparently there's a representative from there in the prequel trilogy in the background of one of the movies. Oh really? Yeah, this is this is I'm I'm in a rabbit hole. Sorry, let's let's move on. <laughs> Evan's just going down the rabbit hole. I love this stuff because then I click, especially on Wikipedia, because you click one thing and then you click another thing and, then, and you and, and you're so far away you. from it's your like being on a, it's like being on a Facebook video. Yes. You just, you just keep going down the cats and, and wood carving and sea shanties videos. Yeah, but uh, thank you, Artemis. Um, that's cool. Maybe that'll be some sort of fight for the Mandalorians in the future. Who knows? Um, Carlos on Facebook said, so this is not a story for kids. So if you want your no. ch- a story for your children, depending on their age, a test of courage might interest them. I can't stand that book. I think it's pretty awful. I'm about. I listened. I listened to it for about ten minutes, and I'm like, mm, I made good. it to an hour and a half, and I, I got. I'm getting nothing out of it. It's just very dry. Very. There's. It no- feels like a book that your kid could read alongside you, and you could talk about things in the universe. But you're getting like, I was expecting a story to the same equivalence as the Light of the Jedi, but you know, like in a like a more less drugs. Yeah, you know, like definitely toned down, but like the same level of like lore telling, I guess, and like world building. And I just I'm not getting it. And so I'm just not as entertained. Yeah. Which is okay. It's not like it's not designed for me. It's a young, it's a young adult story. So I'm it's probably going to target it to me. So I'm not going to talk crap about it because it's not meant for me. Yeah. I just, um, it's I'm just not, not enjoyable it. as a 30 year old male. Uh, it's not fun for me personally i am personally probably just gonna watch a youtube video on the plot and yeah <laughs> i'm on chapter eight new nerd and i'm completely disinterested in it uh maybe even chapter nine at this point so yeah i'm gonna watch a youtube video call it a day and move on to the comic um i'm now very excited to read more of these comics i'm i'm kind of bummed that i waited so long to do well it. you got vader in there too uh, i know you can read and then the Kylo runs. And there's Dr. Afra, and there's so much stuff. Oh, there's a ton of comics. It's, there's like seven more Vader comics you can read. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and I mean I mean, graphic novel, like, series, not just one comic book. Yeah. Um, so, so speaking of books coming out and things, so we've got the new book coming out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We, we end Light of the Jedi with... Martian Rowe and Great Storm on the bridge of No Space. Yes. And and like at the, at that point Isn't there another w- Jedi with Loden too? So it's Martian, Loaded Great Storm and the dad, the farmer dad. Ah, uh, I knew that. Cuz remember he was in the spaceship together 
and then the Nihil attack the ship, and they get gassed. Yep. And so, and so Lorna D takes them back to Martian, and like the way the way that he's described of wielding the lightsaber over over Great Storm was like it was really eerie. Like I got I got goosebumps the way that he was being described. He's just like waving this thing around, like. And the way that he was like twirling it and whatnot made me really feel like this person is experienced. He he's wielded this type of weapon before. Um, I'm really really interested to see where we pick up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I and one thing and I just want to say like I'm so because my assumption is that we are picking up right where this book left off. It, it, at least that's how I understood how these two books worked. Am I correct? I was told that it goes book, test of courage, comic, but we both said Kossif's still alive in the beginning of Test of Courage. So that's not correct. Well, okay, so but Test of Courage, like Kossif is still alive, which makes me feel like it, that Test of Courage is happening during Light of the Jedi. Also, I don't know if this will pick up with the Nihil into the dark as much as introduce the Drengear. Interesting. So you you don't think that we'll we'll see Martian? I think we will hear about the events of Legacy Run, the opening of Starlight Beacon. There's a captured Jedi by the Nihil. Like you'll hear everything. So do you think we'll then we'll we'll so then do you think we'll meet up with with Jedi Master Chris or I think this is this book if I'm not mistaken is about a new Wreath Re- Silas is his name. Okay, so we're going to we're going to meet a whole slew of new characters. Yeah, Larry, these are the character names. I don't know have much oh, information on them. Okay. Larry Simix, Tira Mirabel, L- Lorman Geek 2, Perret La, Keem Orla Jereni, Comac Vitus and Des Ryden. So we're um, going to get a completely Wow, we're going to get a Okay. I so my assumption, I was su- I was like I was excited just to pick back up with Martian. Um, and, and where we leave off with them. So the, um, the reason I think they're going to introduce the Drengear is because one of the comic book covers has the Drengear on it, and this one's supposed to release soon, and it has those two twins you were looking at. Yeah. Um, the Transdotion Jedi, Skier. And Skier. I don't know who the so, fourth one is. So the Drengear, the Drengear are going to be the um, like the plant... The plant type people, right? I'm getting flood vibes from them. Yeah, like, but like, and that's what they look like in the concept art. They look very like hentai almost with leaves, like that, like yeah, like you said, like like hive. But yeah, well, they, I think it was confirmed that they're hive mind. Okay, so they, oh, well, I really think it was confirmed that they're hive mind. I could be wrong. Um, let me look and see what. Wikipedia says. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading it right now. So the Drengear were sentient, uh, amorphous, carnivorous plant life who threatened to reap harvest across the galactic frontier. Oh, so they're the flood. Yeah. Um, of the so the, uh, reap harvest across the galactic frontier in the aftermath of the Great Disaster during the High Republic era. So, so the Great Disaster, I would assume, is the legacy. Yeah, so is the legacy run. So during the legacy, so this, so this is happening during that. So these, so these two stories are happening in At tandem. So we'll hear about the events that we already know as they happen yeah. from Light of the Jedi, and then yeah. So the Drengear are definitely the the other thing that these Jedi are going to discover. I wonder if uh, Elzar Man's vision what was is what was happening to the people in this book, oh, not something that might happen in the future. But something that was actually happening, or Elzar Man's vision has nothing to do with the Drengear at all, and it has—it's something that we're not ready for yet. Interesting. So it says the Drengear were a danger to the galaxy and the Jedi, and one amongst the latter had their fate inescap- inescapably linked to the plants. Interesting. Oh man, I'm excited about this story. Because these, like, I'm looking at the concept drawing for the Drengear, and they they are terrifying. This is some nightmare fuel stuff. I'm not talking about Elzar Man's story. I'm talking about the vision he had at the end. Mm-hmm. That's really cool, though. 
that so so these are gonna we're gonna have two stories that are happening the exact same that actually make me want to go back and read this again and see if I can catch things. That's cool. I love no, it. I don't think that's what'll make them the Jedi that we know. That's too soon. They they have a th was a three year plan for the releases of these books and stuff. Some, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we're way too soon to have that fracture happen. Um, I think they're gonna want to release more information. I'm sure there's so re enemies remember, we have no idea remember about. Remember, we're too. also gonna be getting Acolyte, which is the ending of the High Republic, which is gonna be that Jedi I just so, talked about. So the Acolyte show, again, chat, and and uh, listeners in the future, um, the Acolyte show that comes out in 2023, I think is when they have it slated. I might be wrong, 2024. Um, it's That is supposed to be, happen at the tail end of the High Republic. So that's when we'll start to see the deviations and, and whatnot. And it, and it starts to become the Star Wars that you know and love. I wonder if eventually they'll lead us, they'll drop us off at the front door, if you will. Oh, kind of like if you watch Rogue One and it leads and it drops you maybe off. Maybe not that close, four. but maybe, you know, like a young Senator Palpatine. You, okay. Could you imagine, though, is like the end of it all. The end, like what, whatever it is, it just drops you off right at the beginning of episode one. You could have this like perfect circle of just like if you watch all of it. You'll end up just starting up right where you left, like right where you, you, you end right where you started, which I think would be really cool. I mean, that's my I favorite part that. about watching Rogue One and episode four back to back is it's just, uh, have you, have you seen the, have you watched the actual cut when it goes from Rogue One into episode four? Yeah. The YouTube cut where yeah. it shows you and yeah, it's seamless. It's so good. It's, it's seamless. Perfect. It yeah. is perfection. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, they. I, uh, this week, uh, I think it was John Favreau confirmed that Mandalorian is dropping us off at the front door of the Force Awakens, so we're gonna get time skips. Oh shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, it was an article about it. Well, that's cool. I've also speaking of speaking of John, uh, he has a cooking show on Netflix. Just completely side just tangent. Uh, he's got a cooking show on Netflix, and Amy and I started binging it. Go watch that if you're a fan of John Favreau. Really good. Carry on. No. Why the Jedi push hard on the no attachment thing? I feel like they're already pushing hard. Because the whole situation with Elzar Man and Avar Chris, and then even to have Ember the dog with them on the planet, they had to come up with a crafty excuse for making him part of the team. So I don't yeah. think the no attachment thing is something that is going to be introduced or enforced maybe enforced a little bit more but it feels pretty rigid at this point anyway yeah that's not that's not a new thing well they also explain it too with the whole attachment these they jedi seem to care a lot more about folk i mean the jedi we meet are also about to enter a war it's a very very this is this was my thing with reading this is the jedi we know when we meet them they're already basically getting ready to hunt their their ancient enemy. Well, which turns we first, into a distraction when we first with meet a, war. a Jedi. Our first ever Jedi interaction is an old hermit who yes. has been beat up and bat battered and bruised and hunt and hunted. <clears throat> and so, like that that Jedi is 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 just a, a shell of himself. Like that is that is a poor poor excuse for a Jedi at that point. And and then and then our 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 entire like how we perceive a, a a force wielder is completely changed again when you get to Kevin's point these uh, these Jedi that are essentially getting ready to become soldiers. I mean, watch Clone and, Wars. They all comment on the fact that they shouldn't be commanders and lieutenants and no, soldiers. They, they they still like at their very at the very core of these Jedi. They understood they they understood that they were supposed to be guardians. They weren't supposed to be. These generals, they weren't supposed to be the, the ones to initiate combat. They were supposed to finish it. Um, and, and I feel like that that's definitely that's described more in the High Republic as like they like that is that that's the more pure they're guardians Jedi form. Yeah, they are the guardians. Like they're they they they're there to intervene. They're there to help. Even um, the 
even the delineation the republic like when we meet uh chancellor so yeah. and the way that chancellor so has to go about getting help from the jedi is yes. far different than the way that um uh what's his name the one before palpatine uh, uh chancellor valorum and chancellor yes. palpatine treat the jedi night and day so I know everyone, because you're all little Hot Topic edgelords, want to jump immediately to blaming the Jedi and being evil, but the political landscape is also going to change, and I'm equally as excited to see that take place as I am to see the Jedi as an order change over time, and I really, really want to get in Yoda's head now, because I want to understand where he's at, and then look at where he is 200 years later, and understand, I, I want to see if he changes... I want to see how he changes, and I want to see why he changes. Or I want to know is he? He's been like, well, this is, this is the way it is, and this is what the Force does. This I don't know. We way. don't know. We don't know about Yoda yet. Yeah. No. We, we literally we hear we hear his name, and then we we see him at the very end. It's for, very ex- for just a brief moment. It's very exciting to know that he's on a sabbatical too, Tim. Because I know that's what I was that's what I was saying is like, what is he doing on his sabbatical? It opens up the door for Dark Yoda. What dark side stuff is he playing around with? In Legends canon, he was screwing around with the dark side. I know. They confirm it in Clone Wars. Thought of. They confirm it in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Dark Yoda when he's on. It's not Corbin. Was it on Corbin? No, no. That's when he was out with the whisper with the wisps. Uh, so wherever he is, uh, and it, it grabs him and says, "Why don't you play with me anymore? Don't you play with me anymore? Like, I feel like there's a connection here. Maybe I'm the only one." No, 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 no. But I feel no, like no, we're, I'm definitely on board with you on that one. My dude Yoda needing a break is, is not a coincidence here. <laughs> um, I'm waiting. I think, I think, I think we're gonna Morban. You can call it both. It was confirmed. Why every week do we have to have this argument? Every team? week, dude. I feel like we should just drop a Moraban or a Koraban just to piss somebody off. Well, I say Koraban to see who's not paying attention. Um, so uh. I am curious, though, how far down the timeline we're going to get. I do like, like you said, that we're going to see stuff that happening at the same time. But yes. I do want to know when do we go back and see some stuff a little bit before, you know? If Yoda is dabbling in the dark side, is that going to be its own own story? I would hope so. If not a book, it'll be a comic, apparently, because everything everything cool is a comic now. Tim, you have a log. to find out. You got to log in, bud. <sighs> Just pop it on the iPad. Do you put it on the iPad and read it in bed. Yeah. <sighs> I know. I Are you mad that you can't have comic on audio? Yes, actually. <laughs> have Mark Thompson read. Kevin, you don't. It's so convenient. I'm running on the treadmill <laughs> or the elliptical, and I just, I've got him in my ears. It's so easy. It's perfect. I love it. <laughs> we're Shut still up. at the end. No, we're not at the end. There's plenty more to go here. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Um. But there's definitely backstory that we're, you know, it's it's looking at a puzzle, and we're we're forming this side. But there's some stuff that we have to get to over here that probably happened before. I don't know. That's not really a puzzle. Um, everything cool has always been in a comic. Fair. I know. Let's talk about because uh, how much time do we have? Oh, not a lot. Okay, let's fly through this. First go, of go, all, go, Kevin. First of all, first of all, we want to thank our patrons. Patreon.com slash rare drop for supporting us. We have one Thanks question keeping the lights on. from Steamboat at Patreon. Uh, and it says, what is the biggest question this book left to be answered for each of you personally? <sighs> I think I've explained it in totality. Just the mindset of the Jedi and the political landscape and how we get from the, the this to that. Yeah. Um, agree. Because, I, I again, I don't feel it's just the order. I feel like the politics. And we see the politics with the, the uh, what was he, the sh- shipping or trade? The, the leader of that guy that wanted to open the hyperspace lanes, like, in Chapter 2? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. We see the politics. I don't think the guy's wrong. I don't think, you know, he's doing anything bad. But at the same time, you know, I don't know. I have to agree. I did. Yeah. So thank you, patrons, for being awesome. And patreon.com slash 
We actually have some cool stuff planned. I don't know if Ben spoke to Tim yet about what he wants him to do this month for Valentine's Day, but I'm not wearing lingerie. Nope, nope. You don't have to wear anything. Well, no, you can wear your regular clothes. I'm not. I'm not stripping wear, for them, Kevin. You can wear your clothes. I'm not stripping for them. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. No. You can wear your clothes. I, was, I thought this. Was I like meant some, that it didn't some... have anything to do with clothes. Okay. You can keep all your clothes on. Perfect. Actually, there was no. Nope, that wasn't for this month. That was for something else. We'll talk about it after the show in DX. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Um. <laughs> so this week, uh, or last week rather, there was a metric shit ton of information, or not information, rumors flying around about the old republic again. Um. And it's funny because Tim and I said last week. Yeah, I thought that was the timing was impeccable. What if Coder? It sounds like we have insider information. I swear up and down, we know nothing about any of this. Uh, but what if Coder is not being made by EA? I love that we talked about that. And this article comes out. Yeah. And then on top of that, we also said, what if the. The old Republic is being introduced to the video game universe, and that's swear, where it's going. I swear, this has come from Kevin and I's head. We don't what? have anyone that's on we the inside. Have zero information. I swear, we haven't broken any friendies, NDAs, MNDAs. We haven't. So there is nothing that has been signed. Coder one and Coder two remastered supposedly are coming this year. Not like Final There's, Fantasy VII, just ported and we, controller we friendly. We talked about that. We we said that if they were going to if they were going to do it they weren't going to rehash the game they were going to start from the grounds up they were literally going to take the game and just give it a fresh coat of paint and that was it right so which means a new coder that will be canon will be will be the new game um and EA apparently according to the rumors is not working on it which blows my mind. I think they fell out of their good graces with the original uh, Battlefront infraction. That, that and also Bioware is 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 a wreck right now. Oh, all the Anthem rumors. Well, I mean Anthem rumors, the Dragon, the Dragon Age stuff. What happened with Dragon the, Age? Oh, the guy well, quit. The writers that were yes, that left, yes, the yes, shit yes, that yes, was yes, going yes. on internally. There is so much stuff going on. And the game director quit, right? Yeah, the people yeah. walked out. Yeah, so. I'm sure uh, Lucasfilm does not want Bioware touching it. So my, sucks. my brain immediately goes to two things. One, who did they just recently give a game contract to? Bethesda? Yep. And who else can oh, do storytelling shit. as good as Bioware? Bethesda's, yeah, but their games have been rough, That's though. the problem. Like Bethesda's storytelling is fantastic. Bethesda's gameplay is 90% of the time horrendous. It's not like, I, I feel like, okay, for me, a Jedi game now has to be like Fallen Order. I I just like, if if the combat doesn't feel like Fallen Order, I'm going to have a hard time with it. Obsidian could be, because Obsidian did Coder too. But I don't, I, it's, I, I do not think it's going to be a turn-based combat game. No, it's going to be action. That will not hold up in this day and age. It'll so, be a so single-player so RPG. Anyone out there that thinking that a new Knights Old Republic is going to be like old school? Sorry, it but will, like it will be like God of War. It will be like Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, it will be, be like Fallen Order. Like that's like that's Fallen how Order the game needs to be. But Fallen Order is more of the Metroidvania. This will be armor slots, lightsaber crafting. Bla like you can you know you want to go dual blaster like that's the type of game it'll be i just hope they don't try to do a fallout thing with it, it i mean if that's bethesda but obsidian could but obsidian's also working on that huge um fantasy rpg that's supposed to be bigger than skyrim apparently oh is that the one they showed off during the game awards yeah that looks fantastic yeah that looks wild so uh i i I don't know. 
Avowed. That's what that one's called. Santa Monica is working on God of War 2 and God of War 3 because it's a trilogy. And it's also, they're a Sony studio. And I don't think this will be a platform exclusive. I don't think anyone wants to make a Star Wars game platform exclusive because the money you could make off of sales, I don't think any gaming publisher is going to front that kind of money. Well, because well, it's remember, Star Wars. Avowed, thank you. Yeah, P. but... Yeah. But remember, it's not like the publisher is Lucas Lucas Games. Right, but you'd still need to go play exclusive. You'd still need money from Sony. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, oh, I thought you were saying that a studio would want would want to go for the money. I'm like, Lucas doesn't need the money. They have more money than God. No, no, I'm saying somebody has to pay for the exclusivity all in there. So maybe True. publisher wasn't yes. the right word, platform. Uh, yeah, p- p- Sony or, or Xbox would end up paying them for the exclusivity to have it on their on their platform. Right. And I don't think Lucas is they're like no, sales will be far no outweigh that. Want, yeah. No one's going to want to play around with Star Wars money. What if it's Insomniac? Insomniac Games would be interesting. They're owned by Sony though. But Sony did just announce today that MLB the Show is going to be on Xbox now. Insomniac would be really really interesting. They nailed both Spider-Mans, but I just I don't know. God, that would be wild. Gotta be <laughs> that so- would actually be really insane. It's got to be someone we know. Yeah, uh, it's got to be someone who has a good track record. Like that's the thing is like you're not gonna get some like crazy like almost indie dev level developer coming in and like producing this game. Like it's gonna be somebody who's who's pumped out some really stellar games in the past. It'll be interesting. It'll be very very interesting. <clears throat> Um, um, we're going to have to talk about it before we end the, the, the night. Um, why did you tag me in this dark <laughs> jar jar? I mean, it's pretty cool looking too. Why? Well, okay. Okay. But it's not just you. I saw it in my Facebook groups. I had a ton of people tweeted at me. Where did this come from and why? Why? Well, I, I couldn't tell you that. I just saw it and I thought of you immediately. Okay, so the one thing that I can say is that if Gungans looked like this, it didn't have the oh Misa so happy. If they if they looked like this and sounded like Hello Jedi. Like, yeah, dude, I would I would eat that up. We met a Gungan Nihil in the book. Yeah, and he still sounds stupid like Jar Jar. <laughs> okay, boss man. He reminds me of Belters from from uh, uh, the uh, what's the show on Amazon? Um, Expanse. The Expanse. Like that's what he sounds like to me is like a Belter. Beltaloda. Beltaloda, boss man. They do start so. to annoy me. The Belters after a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like this is cool. It's neat. Pretty dope. Darth Jar Jar. Pretty cool. <clears throat> Right, We're just evil, evil Gungan. Ready to blow through these questions? Let's do it, Kevin. Do you expect the new KOTOR to be about Revan? I think if you tried to change the story of KOTOR to not be about Revan, if you think people, people had see? issues with The Last Jedi, you will see a backlash unlike you've ever seen anything before. You will just... How dare they? How dare they take the KOTOR name? And smudge it without using Revan. How dare they? I blame Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, I demand a reenactment of Tim's reaction to there being a Gungan in The Last uh, Jedi. Oh, The Light of the Jedi. I think it was like... That's that was probably it. I I know I was in the gym. I know I was doing. I was lifting something because I had to stop. And I was like, Ugh. "Are I you guys like, going to read a test of courage?" We tried. We both don't like it. I can't. I try. I really did. I swear. I gave it the college try, and by college try, I listened to the the beginning of a class and then walked out. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about that. Uh, talked about that. Um, Jar Jar to the moon, sure. Damn, we should do Jar Jar coin. Diamond, diamond hands, dude. We should do Jar Jar coin. No, we shouldn't. Also, I, I just I just bought more no. AMC before the stream. Um, God, poor GME. Buybacks this week, dude. 
we talked about that. Um, and Werewood wants to know, how did you guys feel about them explaining multiple ways that Mace Windu would have survived a fall from the Chancellor's office? Thank you! Thank you! You know, I meant to say that when they were training, which, who was that? Uh, when Loden was training Bell, and I'm like, Mace totally could have survived with this exact training that Bell is getting right now. Okay, okay, hold on. P didn't have his hands chopped off or force shocked out of a window. Hand. How, like, Mace was under in like, extreme duress, pain, and suffering, and was launched out of a window. Loden. At a very, very high speed. Loden also mentioned it takes minutes to fall on Coruscant. From the really, really high building. How? You don't think the Chancellor's office is one of the really, really high buildings? Did you see the traffic he was thrown out into? That was air traffic. Yeah. If you're navigating traffic, to Kevin, hit the ground. I guarantee you got hit by a couple cars on his way down. He's... The dude's dead. Let him die. Nah, he'll be back. <laughs> oh, Tim, it's just like Boba Fett. He was eaten by the Sarlacc and he's fine. Old Shut up. freaking gray bearded mace is going to be in season three of Mando and he's going to walk in there and he's going to be like, there's too many empire on this mother. Oh, it didn't work. Ship. No. Next question. And then he's, he's, he's. He's gonna, he's gonna. Next question. <sighs> Hate it here. Thank you for watching episode 34 of Star Wars and Scotch or listening, depending on when you're consuming this content. Tim and I appreciate you as always. Uh, you can go to raredrop.co and catch up on all the episodes. This has been the, uh, technically the book club episode, but we didn't brand it because the branding's not done because we're working on some other stuff. We're very busy at Rare Drop This right gray now. hair here, chat, is your fault. Yeah, it's probably my fault more than anything. <laughs> is that the Jar Jar hair or the Mace hair? Uh, yes. Probably some Boba Fett in there, too. Boom! Thank you so much again for hanging out with us. You can go to kingscoastcoffee.com and get that delicious coffee. If you want to support us further, you can go to patreon.com slash raredrop. Make sure your questions get asked every week on all of the shows. Tim, I'm sending us to hyperspace so you can go to bed because you're a very grumpy, Tim. Very grumpy. I'm, I'm just so tired of this Mace Windu crap. I just want it to go away. It's not going anywhere. Jar Jar never went away. Die. Mace is not going away. It's just like Boba Fett. Chat, as always, we appreciate you. You're fantastic. We hope you all have a wonderful evening. We'll see you next Monday for Star Wars and Scotch. Tomorrow night is D&D with the Reckoning Hour crew. Come by, say hello. And as always, Tim, you say it. Yes, and may the Force be with you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.